It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The search continues, but we're getting a little bit closer to finding the next play caller in Alabama. And also, the future of college football just wrapped up, putting pen to paper as of yesterday. Who's going to make an impact? There's always one or two or three or four, ten freshmen that are going to make big plays this coming Saturday in the fall. Let's talk about that. Welcome into the Hard Count, the people show for every single thing that you know that you love about this beautiful game. We are privileged and fortunate enough to talk about it here on a daily basis. Live on Tuesday, live on Thursday from Nashville, Tennessee, one central to eastern. We have an absolute blast. I'm fired up to have you all along for the ride. Nick, break, lift, and heavy. We have a ton a ton to talk about. I request our graphics for these shows. I'm telling you, I probably did three or four different tweaks to our schedule, to our thumb. Like, we have a ton going on right now in the world of college football, and I am fired up to talk about it. Shout out to the podcast. I always say it, the back row of the concert. We're glad y'all are with us. Shout out to everybody watching live. There is a ton to get after right now. We cannot waste too much time. Like I said, Tommy Reese has emerged, per ESPN's Chris Lowe, as the leading candidate to be the offensive coordinator for Alabama. Also, got some spring predictions to make. We're going to kind of call our shot, if you will. There's some movements that I am foreseeing happening on the college football horizon. Like I said, just going to call our shot. Going to tell you what we see before it happens. And like I alluded to just a few moments ago, National Signing Day wrapped up yesterday. Who are the impact freshmen? We have Charles Power in-house here, director of scouting rankings for On3. Does the best job out of anybody in the entire country in terms of scouting and ranking and grading these kids' high school tape performances. Got a feel for who's going to translate the quickest, whether it's situation, whether it's their tools, their opportunity. Like I said, a ton to talk about. But I'm going to tell you the futures of college footballs tomorrow, the future stars of college footballs tomorrow, if you will, before we get on and pop in the fall. Then lastly, there is a very toxic unnecessary discussion going on right now in the college football world, just in the sports world in general. So naturally, we're going to dive headfirst into it. Who gets to claim Jalen Hurts? Is it Oklahoma? Is it Alabama? I think there's more to that conversation. I think there's a couple of facets we need to address, but I ultimately have a feel for that one, and I will tell you that a little bit later on in the show. Fired up to have you here. For those of you that don't yet follow me on Instagram or on Twitter, we source questions for the end of this show from my Twitter page, at JD Piquel. I tweet on there fairly often, especially on show days. I'm saying, hey, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your concerns, your thoughts, your questions. Come on into the party. We are the people show. Everything that we know and love about this game, we do it here. We would not be the people show if we did not involve the people into the show. A lot of caffeine in the veins, a lot of excitement right now, fire in the eyes. We waste no more time. Let's get after it. Tommy Reese, per ESPN's Chris Lowe, is now the top candidate to be the new play caller in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Nick Saban zeroing in, it sounds like, on his guy. The report is that he is on campus today, Thursday, in Alabama. So take of that what you want to. Let's just break down the facets of this from Alabama's side. To me, it checks a lot of boxes. Like, is it the NFL pedigree that we were expecting with the, t the Joe Brady or the Brian Johnson? Not necessarily. I don't think that's a deal breaker. Quarterback guru. 
played quarterback in college at Notre Dame, quarterback's coach at Notre Dame, as well as the OC. So he's got that working for you. He's going to be able to help whoever it is that steps in as the day one starter for Alabama. I say day one. It'll be their first time starting for Alabama. It'll be a new feel for them taking the field as the starter. So he'll be able to speak that language, be in sync with his quarterback, and know how to help them best, having played the position and having coached quarterbacks already throughout his career. The second piece of this that Alabama was looking for in their next OC, be able to speak the language of the run game. Alabama, it sounds like, wants to get back to being vintage Alabama. Not in the sense that they don't want to still throw the ball effectively. They do, but they want to set the tone. They want to make sure that you feel them quarter in and quarter out with how they control the line of scrimmage running the football. Last year, Tom Reese's Notre Dame squad ran the ball right around 200 yards a game. So, yeah, my guy knows offensive football, not just quarterbacks, but also pounding the rock. So it's a good sign for the people in Tuscaloosa. Here's the thing that I would get most excited about if I'm an Alabama fan trying to sift through the feeling of Tommy Reese potentially being your next OC. You saw Notre Dame last year. They got left for dead after that loss to Marshall. A lot of people were shipping them down the road and saying, are they even going to make a bowl game? Are, I mean, are they, are they going to be able to do anything offensively? They lost their quarterback. All they did was roll off a solid nine wins with a backup quarterback the majority of the year. Tommy Reese last year did more with less. I'm not dunking on Notre Dame. I'm just saying you compare what he did at Notre Dame and then supplement that with the ingredients he will have available in Tuscaloosa. I feel optimistic. I feel optimistic about what he could bring to the table. Scored right around 32 points a game last year to Notre Dame. Again, that's without your QB1 you had going into the year. So I think Tommy Reese makes a lot of sense. Like I said, a lot of optimism around him potentially being your next play caller at Alabama. Really quickly, if you have not yet subscribed to the On3 YouTube channel, the Hard Count is live every single day. We want you a part of this. We want you a part of this college football community that is continuing to build. So we appreciate you and thank you in advance for that, for subscribing. Also, follow me, like I said, on the socials at JD Piquel on Twitter as well as on Instagram. So thank you in advance for that. Let's flip the perspective a little bit here. If I'm Tommy Reese, I'm feeling like Charlie Bucket. And that name maybe sounds familiar, Charlie Bucket, but Charlie Bucket is the little boy in the famed story, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie Bucket finds himself with a golden ticket. That's what this is for Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese has now just acquired the golden ticket because he's 30 years old. He's the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Think about just the opportunity this would be for Tommy Reese, for his career. Coach under the greatest of all time in Nick Saban. Coach a loaded roster. Alabama just recruits five stars. I like guess their job. I mean, talent out of the ears. It's also a springboard to whatever else you want to do in the college football world. Look at guys that have had the OC job at Bama. Kiffin, now a Power 5 head coach. Steve Sarkeesian, Power 5 head coach. Bill O'Brien, NFL OC. The Alabama OC job, to me, is a lot like investment banking. I had a lot of friends out of school go and do whatever investment banking job they wanted to do in New York or L.A. or Atlanta. And there was always the thought of, well, why would you want to do that? That's going to be hard. It's ridiculous hours. It's not fun. It might be that way under Saban. He's, he's going to grind your gears a little bit. He's going to pull the best out of you. 
You are going to work hard. Will it be fun all the time? I don't know. I'm sure winning is fun. Much like being an investment maker, I'm sure making a lot of money is fun. But after you do it for a short period of time, you put your time in, the entire world is open to you. You can go into real estate. You can go into other finance jobs because you put in the grunt work in that investment making field. Same thing for Alabama as the OC. You go and coach under Nick Saban. I mean, you're signed, still delivered to a variety of different opportunities, like the track record says. So here's what it comes down to for me for Tommy Reese. Is he able to, slash does he want to, leave Notre Dame? Because there's some roots now in South Bend. Played quarterback there, went to school there, has coached there now for a really long time, had success there. Notre Dame is home for Tommy Reese. When Brian Kelly left, Tommy Reese addressed the team in the team room and said, yeah, I'm not leaving. Don't worry about that. Uh, this, is, this is my place. This is where I want to be. Now, you pair your loyalty slash where you essentially grew up as a coach to a golden ticket opportunity playing for Nick Saban. It's kind of honestly like my, quite frankly, my position when I was doing the YouTube independently in Texas, family in Texas, my wife's family in Texas, a job that I enjoyed, great people I was working with. That was home. That's where my loyalties lie. However, do you want to stay the same or do you want to push and grow and get outside your comfort zone and try and test this thing and see what you can do? Tommy Reese, do you want to see what you can do? Do you want to go and attack whatever your coaching career could be? Because if so, you got the golden ticket. Be in the OC at Alabama. Now, far be it for me to tell Tom Reese what's best for him personally and professionally, but on paper, you go be the OC at Alabama, not a lot you can't do in the football world. Being 30 years old. I'll leave it at that. Tommy Reese, again, the top candidate right now for the Alabama Crimson Tide to be the next offensive coordinator. So we'll see what happens there. Appreciate everyone on podcast. Appreciate everybody tuned in live. It's a good time right here. Tommy Reese to Alabama. If that happens, I promise you we'll have a lot more to talk about with that. Now, with that said, college football is an unpredictable sport. But even so, we can sort of get a feel for things and try and call our shot as best we can. So I want to make sure we do that right now and get some things on paper. Get our thoughts on the record here a little bit. There's a couple of predictions I want to make before slash through spring football. So I'm going to label these spring football predictions. These are not just for spring camp. I think there's a lot of movement that could be on the horizon here sooner rather than later. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. College football's predictions for the spring season, more or less. A lot going on, a lot to unpack. One of the first predictions I want to make is that Georgia's offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, will leave for an NFL coaching job, likely an OC job. Here's what it comes down to for me. To quote Robert California from The Office, does Todd Munkin strike you as a man who would waste his own time? Is he just dating today? Is he just interviewing with these NFL teams to test the waters a little bit and see what's out there? From what it sounds like to people that are close to the Georgia program have told me that his professional dream, his last professional goal that's left unchecked is to be an NFL head coach. That is the goal. Being an NFL OC is the path to that goal. And it's hard to blame him. What else is left to be done at Georgia? It's a pretty great stopping point. You've won back-to-back -back national titles. 
is there a lot further up that mountain you want to climb? I don't know if being a Power 5 head coach is something that appeals to him because it seems like the NFL has his attention right now. So for me, I think Todd Munkin will eventually take an NFL job before we get through the whole spring football season. Really quickly, if you have not yet subscribed, would love to have you all a part of this community. We appreciate you all for helping build this thing in the short amount of time that you have. I truly believe the best is yet to come. So we'd love to have you subscribe. We'd love to have you a part of this. Also, follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at JD Piquel. Keep up with me there. Uh, a lot of things that we do on those platforms that we then incorporate back into this operation. My next prediction. Nick Saban gets Jeremy Pruitt to be his next defensive coordinator at Alabama. Here's the reality. When something goes wrong, when something's not working just right, what do you do? Sort of reverse your steps, excuse me, retrace your steps. You go back to what has worked. Jeremy Pruitt, in his two seasons where he was the D.C. at Alabama, a lot of success. Was a part of a national title run there. Was a part of a defense that led the country in scoring defense. Jeremy Pruitt and Nick Saban can work together well. And there's a lot of conversation and a lot of rebuttal to this saying, well, the NCAA this, the NCAA that, his time at Tennessee, and is it going to happen? When was the last time Nick Saban didn't get what he wanted? I mean, genuinely, when was the last time that happened? And I'm treading lightly here, but if it comes down to a matter of, is he allowed to coach Alabama? The way that I understand it is the SEC leaves that sort of decision to the school to decide on. That was the way it went with Hugh Freeze. It might be a little bit different with Jeremy Pruitt and his situation from Tennessee, but that's my understanding. All of that aside, what it comes down to, Nick Saban, if he wants something, I don't remember the last time the GOAT didn't get it. So Jeremy Pruitt, from everything I've heard, is the number one candidate for that job. We'll see as this plays out, but I truly believe he will eventually be the next D.C. in Tuscaloosa. I also believe that Auburn is going to go to the transfer portal. When that thing opens back up, they're going to add a transfer quarterback. Here's why. Grayson McCall, for a minute, looked like he might be the next quarterback at Auburn. Auburn was in the portal, and they were courting him as potentially going to be their starter next year for whatever reason, and it didn't happen. Here's my takeaway. Auburn already told us how they feel about the quarterback room. They already told us how they feel they want to at least add to that room. Whether they're happy with Robbie Ashford as the starter or not, sounds like they are. Sounds like they're going to go with him day one. But what they would have in-house if TJ Finley is to transfer post-spring, like a lot of us expect him to, you would have a redshirt freshman in Holden Griner, and you would have a true freshman in Hank Brown. The way that I'm looking at this, you would, if you don't go to the portal, put all of your chips on Robbie Ashford. Now, Robbie Ashford is a tremendous talent, has a ton of ability, but is he someone you want to mortgage your 2023 on? Do you really want to fine-tune this car via the portal like you have, number four portal class right now, time of us being live? Do you want to fine-tune the car and then only have one experienced driver in-house on Robbie Ashford? If nothing else, I think Hugh Freeze is going to want to add depth and add competition to this room to push Robbie Ashford and to push these other, two, these other two freshmen. So that's the way that I see that going. I really believe that when the portal opens back up, after spring practice, you will see Auburn go and add some sort of P5 
piece at the quarterback position to push that room and add just a little bit of competition to Robbie Ashford's race for that quarterback one spot. I still believe it'll be Robbie Ashford's job, but if nothing else, it'll be depth and a competition play for the Auburn Tigers. Last prediction for you. I think we see Scott Frost get back into college football. Listen, anytime you fail at something, it takes a second, right? You have to lick your wounds, have to reassess. Truthfully, you kind of have to mourn for a little bit. That's healthy. I understand that. I think that's what Scott Frost has done. But depending on your failure, you want to get that taste out of your mouth, especially in Scott Frost's position. Very publicly, swung and missed at what was his dream job, was the head coach of his alma mater. He'd been working for that the entirety of his professional life to get back to Nebraska, to be the head coach, to bring them back to prominence. It didn't happen. So with a failure of that magnitude, I think Scott Frost is saying, okay, let's get back on the horse here. doesn't matter what it looks like, but I want to get back to this thing. I want to get back to coaching. I want to get back to doing what I do, get back to my roots. Now, a couple different ways that could look. It could be the Miami OC job on the most successful end of this return, or it could be an analyst job. To call a spade a spade, I think Scott Frost taking a Bama analyst spot would be phenomenal. Go ahead and get the Nick Saban baptism real quick. You're good to go, rehabilitated into college football. So all that's to say, I don't think we have a whole nother year, a whole nother season rather, where Scott Frost isn't at some sort of college football program in some sort of capacity. You want to wash that taste out of your mouth of what didn't happen at Nebraska. So to recap it for you, Todd Munkin, don't think he's a guy that will waste his own time. I think if he's interviewing with the NFL, he is legitimately looking for an NFL job. Nick Saban gets what he wants, man. A lot of conversation around Jeremy Pruitt this, Jeremy Pruitt that. Can he, will he, should he? Jeremy Pruitt, it sounds like, is his top choice. Nick Saban gets what he wants. The Auburn quarterback room will add another piece post-spring practice. You're fine-tuning the car. I don't believe you're going to go into the season with one experienced driver in Robbie Ashford. Do you bring in somebody to start over Robbie Ashford? I don't think so. But even so, you add depth and you add somebody to help push that room. And lastly, we see Scott Frost back in college football. It hurts to fail, but I think he's going to get back on the horse and wash that taste of failure out of his mouth. So we're calling our shot. Comment below. Get in the live chat. Let me know what is your prediction for springtime in college football. It's a beautiful game. It keeps on giving. We'll keep you covered here. So we appreciate y'all locking in with us on that. Excited to hear y'all's predictions. It's the game that keeps on giving, man. I'm telling you, college football, the games stop. I promise you, college football does not. That's why we love it. That's why we're able to have this job, man, quite frankly. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Again, shout out to the podcast. Shout out to everybody that's live right now with us on YouTube. Juiced up, man. A lot to talk about. National Signing Day just wrapped up. The ink has just dried on the final NLIs. And that then begs the question of those individuals that signed during the early period or signed yesterday, who's going to be the names to know? Who are going to be your true freshmen that have an instant impact as soon as they get onto campus? I got a couple of them I want to talk about with you. And these are names that you're going to need to know. Names that are going to flash across the ticker on Saturdays. So without further ado, the first guy that I'm watching here, Peyton Bowen. Safety at Oklahoma. He's already enrolled, had a wild recruitment. He was committed to Notre Dame for a long time. 
put on the Oregon hat on signing day, and then eventually ended up inking with the Oklahoma Sooners. The reason why he's going to be a, a big impact guy, he's versatile. Let's back it up for a second. Whenever you get to a new job, how do you have success? How do you make an impact? You do a lot of things, and you get there early. Peyton, Bowen's, excuse me, Peyton Bowen is already there. He's enrolled, and he does everything from returning kicks to playing defense. He's a really instinctual player. That means he's got the stuff that you just can't teach, and he played great competition in high school. He's not going to be overwhelmed by the speed of the game as much as maybe some of the other freshmen in his class will, but Peyton Bowen, his versatility, you're not going to be able to keep him off the field. Charles Power, director of scouting and ranks for us here at On3, said just of any cycle, Peyton Bowen, likely one of the best kickoff returners in the entire country. So his versatility, being able to do a lot of things, you can plug and play him anywhere. Keep an eye on Peyton Bowen. He's going to make an impact at some point this season for Oklahoma. I feel very confident in saying that. If you're not yet subscribed, we would love to have you a part of this. Y'all have built a tremendous community here in a very short amount of time, and we would love to keep building that. So if you have not yet subscribed, it does us a huge favor. It helps us do more of what you ultimately would like to see. Also, follow me on the socials, channels, at Judy Pakel on Twitter, as well as on Instagram. Dante Moore, quarterback, headed to UCLA. Now, he, he actually flipped from Oregon, was committed to Oregon in the summer, ended up flipping his commitment pretty close to signing day. Said, now I want to go with Chip Kelly. He's a five-star plus kind of player. Quick release, quarterback-friendly system, and that's where I really want to focus in. For freshman quarterbacks, the concern with them playing early revolves around two things, essentially. The first is tools. Are they physically developed enough? Do they have what it takes right now, aside from a red shirt, being able to play? The second thing is the speed of the game, even more so the, the speed and the scheme of these different defenses. Are they going to be able to process the language of these college football defenses? Because it's very, very different than the high school level. You're not seeing as much man. You're not seeing as much too high. You're seeing three, three fives. You're seeing more exotic blitzes. It's just a different, more complex language to try and understand as you're, as you're a quarterback. Now, from a tools perspective, Dante Moore's got it, man. Six foot two, quick, natural release, extremely accurate. Charles Power was really impressed with him when he saw him at the All-American Bowl. He's a guy that just checks those boxes when you see him in person. So then you move your focus to the next question of, okay, well, how, he, how is he going to do processing a college defense? Because like we said, the college defenses are like trying to understand a different language. The reason why I think he's going to be solid early is because this offense for Chip Kelly is like having a really good translator in terms of understanding these defenses. Like they're going to run the football really effectively. They're going to play with tempo. They're going to use a lot of motions, and it's going to make for a lot of, one, wide-open receivers, and then, two, that tempo and that run game is going to cause for a simple picture. So he's going to have a good feel for what he's looking at because of the kind of offense they run. This quarterback system for Chip Kelly, very, very quarterback-friendly. The offensive system, rather, very, very quarterback-friendly. And Dante Moore, he wants to play early, man. That was a big part of his recruitment. One of the reasons why he flipped from Oregon was because Bo Nick said he wanted to come back to Oregon. So he says, okay, well, I want to play as a freshman, and I'm not going to do it in Eugene. I'm not going to do it behind Bo Nix. Goes to UCLA, and I think he's going to have a lot of success. The plan is to play early for him, 
And I think that he's going to be able to do that for reasons I just mentioned. Another player I'm really high on, Zachariah Branch, wide receiver, already enrolled at USC, another five-star plus kind of player. To me, Zachariah Branch is a lot like McDonald's. Like he would just be good anywhere. You go try McDonald's in Southern California, it's the same as it is in Atlanta, Georgia, the same as it is in another country. McDonald's is consistent. It's good anywhere. That's same with Zachariah Branch. He's going to USC. Fortunately for the Trojans, he would have been good anywhere. He would have been great in Florida. He would have been great at Alabama. He would have been great at Oklahoma. His game will translate anywhere. Charles Power, director of scouting and rankings, again, hitting the nail on the head. One of the most can't-miss prospects of this 2023 cycle. Very, very high floor for Zachariah Branch. And he brings a ton to the table from a skill set perspective. He's like your prototypical slot receiver, helps you a lot in the punt return game, as you're seeing right now. He's a guy that's just lightning in a bottle, electric playmaker. His speed, his route running ability, his explosiveness, it all translates to the next level very, very seamlessly, which is saying something. He tore it up at the All-Star Games, was the MVP of the Under All-American game, had a long touchdown in the Polynesian Bowl. Like He is a guy that has torn it up at every stop he's been at. Played against great competition at Bishop Gorman, and he's going to thrive at USC because he's going to have a quarterback to get in the ball, first of all, and Caleb Williams. Second of all, for how many receivers they play at USC, he's going to get some reps. He's going to, at the very least, get rotated in if he's not starting early on. And then to take it a step further in the return game, he's going to see action. So, like I said, Zachariah Branch, he's good anywhere. He would have been good anywhere. Fortunately for the Trojans, they got him coming to USC, and he is going to be a baller next year. Zachariah Branch, a name to know. Top five prospect for us here at On3. Absolute dog. Last one I want to tell you about, Caleb Downs. The safety headed to Alabama. The best way I can say this for Caleb Downs and why he's going to be successful as a freshman is opportunity to play. Yes, Alabama's still sort of figuring th some things out in the secondary, and they don't have a ton stacked up at free safety. Some people are even predicting Caleb Downs to start day one at Alabama. It's the opportunity to play mixed with the reality that Caleb Downs, he's an overachiever. Just, just the way it is, Caleb Downs is an overachiever. And also, he comes from a family of overachievers. That's in his DNA. His dad played in the league. His brother, Josh Downs, going to be a high draft pick. Receiver at North Carolina. His sister played four years of college soccer at Kennesaw State. It's, in, it's, it's who he is. It's ingrained into his DNA. Caleb Downs is an overachiever. Graduated high school early. He's already enrolled at Alabama. Very cerebral. Picks up the defense really, really quick. There's stories about him even challenging his high school coaches in a, in a positive way in terms of, hey, why are we running this? I want to understand this. I want to understand this scheme. I want to understand why we have this going on in the secondary. Like He's very inquisitive. He wants to understand he's a football junkie. And you pair a football junkie, overachiever, with Nick Saban and Tuscaloosa, mix it all together with the opportunity to play. Caleb Downs is a name you're going to need to know come this fall in Tuscaloosa. I promise you, he's going to play, whether it's early as a starter or whether it's halfway through the year and he starts turning heads with making plays on the football. Caleb Downs is a baller. So you got Peyton Bowen, safety in Oklahoma, does a lot of things. 
The more ways that you can help my program, the better chance you have to contribute on the field. Peyton Bowen will see the field early. We'll see the field often. Dante Moore going to UCLA is a big reason why he's headed to Westwood. He's got the tools. He's got a great translator with Chip Kelly to translate these college defenses and allow him to be successful early. Zachariah Branch. It's like McDonald's, man. Doesn't matter where you get it. He's good anywhere. He would have been good anywhere. He's going to help USC. He's going to play early. He's going to be a stick of dynamite for the USC Trojans. Caleb Downs, I'm telling you, man, he's an overachiever. It's who he is. Caleb Downs is an overachiever, and he will overachieve early for Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. So those are the freshmen you need to know about. No red shirt in these guys, all right? You can take that red shirt, put it in someone else's locker, doesn't belong to these guys. They're going to play, and they're going to star in their freshman season, first year on campus. Zachariah Branch, man, I'm telling you, that's one of those guys. Week one, week two, you're going to hear about him, and Zachariah Branch, big touchdown. Come back to this video. I'm telling you, man, Charles Power, he's on it. He is absolutely on it. All right, let's talk about Jalen Hurts. There is a toxic, unnecessary debate going on right now about who can claim Jalen Hurts from his college days. Alabama fans saying, built by Bama. The hashtag is out there. The social, media the social media team at Alabama is on it. You got Oklahoma fans saying, what are you talking about? Look at what he did for us at Oklahoma. Look at the kind of production he had here. Look at the way that he developed here. Lincoln Riley's offense. I think there's more to this story, all right? I think we need to kind of have just an honest discussion about this because I think both sides have a very legitimate case for Jalen Hurts being able to, to be claimed by them, if you will. We'll start with Alabama. He doesn't get to Oklahoma without his time at Alabama. Also, to get into this conversation a little bit more, he played the majority of his college career at Alabama. His degree says University of Alabama. He's a Bama guy, right? He, he burst on the scene. He played two seasons as a starter for Alabama, stayed another year after he wasn't the starter, came in the SEC championship game, absolutely balled out, was the reason why they were able to play for a national title that year. Like Jalen Hurts, in terms of investment, in terms of time spent somewhere, Alabama is... Far and away the answer. And to zoom out even further, what Jalen Hurts did by staying at Alabama after not getting the starting job in the day and age of the portal and player mobility and woe is me and I got to go somewhere else to help myself, he stuck it out. He stayed at Bama. And whenever I have a kid, if I'm blessed enough to have a son one day and he, for whatever reason, ends up having a tough go at things, or he's not playing whatever sport he's playing, or whatever it ends up being. Jalen Hurts, I think, sets a tremendous example for anybody that gets told no. Like, what he did at Bama, I don't think you can say enough good things about. And I have tremendous respect for how he handled himself there, was never a distraction, never said a bad word about anybody. Like, Jalen Hurts was just the ultimate teammate. What, didn't have to be happy about it. He didn't have to be happy he wasn't playing. And when he got his chance in the SEC title game, made good on it. And I think Alabama fans forever will respect Jalen Hurts for that. And I'm positive that Jalen Hurts has a very large portion of his heart. That's 
with the good folks in Tuscaloosa. I think there's more to this story. If you have not yet subscribed, would love to have you part of the program we have here, quite frankly. It's the people show, and y'all subscribing to this operation helps us do more of what you want to see. Okay, so if you could subscribe, that would help us a lot. We'd love to have you a part of this. Also, follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, at J.D. Piquel. want to hear from y'all. I want to involve y'all in the conversation. We're on air every day. We're live twice a week. But when we're not on air, when we're not live, that's a great medium for me to hear from you. Okay? So, for Alabama fans, you can say built by Bama. That is true. That is absolutely true. He spent most of his college career in Tuscaloosa. That's not incorrect. To the same token, it's incomplete. So you can, you can claim Jalen Hurts. You can claim his development. But when it comes to his NFL success, I think we need to walk this out a little bit more. Here's the way I think about it. Jalen Hurts was the starter at Alabama. Eventually, it became evident he was not your best option at quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa changed the offense, ended up winning you a national championship game. He was your best option at quarterback. It was no longer Jalen Hurts. Nick Saban did what was best for his football team. And the way that I look at it, they broke up with Jalen Hurts that day where they made him no longer the starting quarterback. I say broke up. They didn't kick him off the team. They didn't say get out of here. It was, hey, we're going another direction. We are breaking up with you as a starting quarterback. So, with that being said, anytime you break up with someone, you're doing what's best for yourself. That's fine. That's great. Tua was the best option for Alabama going forward. However, you have to be okay with whatever happens with that person the rest of the way. So, Jalen Hurts goes to Oklahoma, balls out, makes himself a second-round draft pick. If he stays at Alabama, if he doesn't go and find somewhere else to play, if he doesn't go and start at Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley, is Jalen Hurts starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles? Does Jalen Hurts get drafted in the second round? Does Jalen Hurts have the success that he's had so far in the NFL? Does Jalen Hurts, let's go a step further, does he push himself to that space from an emotional and a psyche standpoint to transforming into the quarterback that he is? I tend to believe he had a whole gear switch when he ended up going to Oklahoma. I believe he felt that kind of pain and felt that sort of business-like mentality evolve within him. When you break up with somebody, you don't get to take credit for their successes. You said, we're going another direction. Alabama broke up with Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback. And good for them. But you don't get to double back and say, well, we're responsible for why you're the NFL player you are. You played a part for sure. In terms of his college career, I think it is 1,000% fair for Alabama fans to say, we claim Jalen Hurts. You should claim Jalen Hurts. The majority of his college games were played in Tuscaloosa. Were played with that script A on the helmet. That's 100% accurate. At the exact same time, I don't think you get to take credit for his NFL success. I think the NFL success is Oklahoma. So I think, like I said, both sides of this have a case to be made. I don't think either side is incorrect, but I would say for both sides, it's incomplete if you just say, overall, we claim Jalen Hurts and the other side can't. But again, Jalen Hurts, 
one of the best examples of what college football is about. Selfless, team-first guy, elite, elite competitor. Someone I would want in the foxhole next to me whenever things get rocky. So I wish him the best of success. Obviously, as he gets ready for the Super Bowl, we're rooting for the Eagles here. Okay? Love Patty Mahomes, but Jalen Hurts has got a special part in our heart here at the hard count. And, uh, heck, we'll claim him too. Alabama can claim him. Oklahoma can claim him. Us here at the hard count, this program, we claim Jalen Hurts as well. So we'll leave it at that. Man, I think we're getting a lot of kickback in the comment section from that. That's okay. We're going to live with it. I don't think there's an incorrect answer. I do think there are some incomplete answers out there. Okay? So both sides have a case to be made. But Jalen Hurts, for my money, can be claimed by either side. But the NFL success, that has to be claimed by Oklahoma. All right? Bring it on now, the man with the legend. Pride of Owensboro, Kentucky. Bill's Mafia member. Nick, have lifted break. Nick, how we doing, big dog? How we living Dude, out there? Dude, we're doing good. My bad. I was trying, um, kind of slacked off. I haven't downloaded the, uh, the great tweets that we've got. You're hustling, man. Today. You're hustling. I want to hear your thoughts about Jalen Hurts, man. Are you, are you claiming Jalen Hurts as a yes. Western Kentucky alumni? Well, I'm claiming Jalen Hurts because for the last couple of years, he has been a member of my, my fantasy football team uh, okay. titled Lando Calrissian. Um, who is my favorite Star Wars character, of course. Naturally. Um, he's probably, in my opinion, the second, the second most awesome quarterback in the National Football League, of course, second to Josh Allen. I mean, um, he just embodies everything that's right about college football. Oh, everything yeah. that I would want my future son to be if he were to play sports, competitor, team first, stick it out, never, never ever saw him say, woe is yeah. me, or say a bad word about Tua. Like, he had every mm -hmm. opportunity to say, yeah, I, I started here for a long time. What'd I do but lose, like, two games as a starter? Mm -hmm. And y'all are making me the backup? For sure. Yeah, I, I oh, love I that about him, man. I think, I think he deserves a ton of respect. Mm -hmm. And uh, he has ear at the hard count, that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, I mean, if, if only he was a, a viewer, he could see all of this positive I'm sure he ahead is. of the big, the big Super Bowl. I'm sure he is tuned <laughs> he in right be. now. He could be. Jalen, what's up, man? He's yeah, probably, he's probably on podcast, honestly, don't you think? He could, yeah, he's probably more of a podcast. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, well, we've got a, a, a friend of the show who we're going to open the tweets with today, um, Sumner Darlington, mm. um, an awesome person. He says, if you had to pick – one quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver to start an offense with in 2023, who would it be, J.D.? It's, it's awesome a great question. question. It's a great question. Shout out to Sumner Darlington, like you said, a friend of the program. I think there's three, I don't know if obvious is the word, there's two of three obvious answers here for me. At quarterback, I don't know how you go anywhere besides Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy winner, he would be the number one pick in this year's NFL draft if he was draft eligible. Receiver, you go Marvin Harrison Jr., He's going to be an absolute freak show. I believe he'd be drafted highly as well if he was eligible for the draft. Both of them set for enormous years. Heck, Marvin Harrison Jr. might have propelled Ohio State to a national title if he doesn't get hurt against Georgia. Like, he was absolutely doing whatever he wanted against the dogs that day. So, those two I'm locking in as quarterback and wide receiver. The running back position is a little bit less obvious. Nick, I'm going to go with upside here. Got a great name, but Nick Singleton. The running back. Going to be a sophomore for Penn State. He's special, man. He's special. In the open field, he just 
eats up angles, had a huge touchdown run in the Rose Bowl, put on a show this year. I think he's going to have an encore performance next year. And so I'm betting a little bit on the upside there as he gets more carries and takes on an even larger role at Penn State. But Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver, Caleb Williams at quarterback. I'll go Nick Singleton for my running back. And uh, we'll just let the confetti drop on the program. We'll just, we'll just okay. take all the hardware, probably a Heisman Trophy between those three as well, and it'll be a good time. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think we lose a game, Nick. I got those three on my team. Now, J.D., since we only have two tweets today and two questions, yeah. uh, I was going to kind of ask you, uh, what if you're an NFL franchise um, and you had to answer the same question yeah. from players who are entering <laughs> the draft? Uh, I know this is kind of off the top of your head, but do you have any no, that's a, you'd take? That's a great question. You know what? I'm going to stay in Columbus, Ohio for my receiver position. Okay. Jackson Smith and Jigba? Yes. I mean, he was playing road to glory in the Rose Bowl a year ago against Utah. I mean, he put on absolute show, and we were all so excited to see him play in 2022, and unfortunately, injury bug bit him, wasn't able to really get into a rhythm, but JSN still has the juice. Like, to me, reminds me a little bit of the Jamar Chase situation where he sat out the year during COVID, and some people maybe forgot about what he had done in 2020. I guess it was 2019, rather. Jamar Chase ended up being the guy in the NFL, as we all know. So Jackson Smith and Jigba, a lot of people sleeping. Don't know why. I think he wakes them up. Love Jackson Smith and Jigba. In terms of the quarterback group, Bryce Young, for me, I know there's a lot of love around Will Levis and how he translates. I mean, Bryce Young is just a winner. He did so much at Alabama this past year to where, I mean, he didn't have the explosive threat he's used to having there, if that makes sense. Like, he didn't have Jamison Williams. He didn't have a Devontae Smith. But he still willed that team to several victories. He's a special player. Reminds me of a Drew Brees-esque kind of player with his frame, but still being able to create with his legs. Obviously, a much more athletic Drew than, uh, than Drew Brees is Bryce Young. So I would take Bryce Young to start my franchise. The third individual, I'm going to go Bijan Robinson here. I mean, so powerful, so shifty, great speed, complete back and catch the football. Now I need to see more from him in pass pro, but just in terms of someone, I want the ball in his hands frequently Bijan Robinson for me. So Bijan at running back Jackson Smith mm -hmm. and Jigba JSN at wide receiver, uh, not Caleb Williams. Sorry, Bryce young at quarterback. Those three I'm starting to franchise with Nick. And I'm telling you, I think I got a Lombardi coming my way, dude. I'm just, I'm just saying, I think I got a, a college national championship. I got a NFL super bowl trophy coming my way. And, uh, I don't know. I'm running out of shelf space here, but I feel like this whole GM thing can't be that hard. You know, <laughs> I feel I like mean, I'm in the presence of Brandon. Am, Dean right now. <laughs> am I overthinking this here? I mean, we, no. we just, we're, we're, we're picking the best players. You're not we're winning games. Okay? You'd be overthinking it. If you would have said Will Levis, um, I know uh, Ham Solo in the comments is wanting you to say uh, Hendon Hooker. Um, love Hendon. Michael Hooker. Stamper has a lot of uh, love for Michigan. Uh, Blake Corum, J.J. McCarthy, Cornelius Johnson, um, Michael Mayer for for wide receiver. Um, I guess you can make yeah. that fit as something. I mean, he's a tight end, but yeah, I feel I mean, it. I mean, hey, I'm not I'm not against it. I'm not like, against yeah. it. No, you never know. <coughs> hey, you can you can. I can make a case for our friend in here saying Michael Mayer, wide receiver. Uh, yeah, he's. I mean, he's a dog. I mean, he yeah, was. Yeah, but he was Notre Dame's best receiving threat in my mind mm -hmm. this yeah, past year. Uh, yeah, But nevertheless, uh, we're going to go to the next question. Thank you, Sumner. This next one is from the Spurs Up Show. Mm. Uh, reaction uh, to Nicholas Harbor choosing the Gamecocks and what it says about South Carolina football moving forward. I think it's a big get, JD. Oh, it was a huge get. Huge get. Nicholas Harbor. For those of you that don't know five-star athlete there's talk about him playing edge there's talk about him playing tight end 
He runs like sub 10, 300 meter. This guy has hopes of playing in the NFL as well as running in the Olympics, which is just ridiculous. He's like six foot five, 225, like a DK Metcalf mold almost. He's special. And for him to decide on South Carolina over schools like Oregon, over schools like Michigan, schools that are maybe a little bit further along in terms of just what you've come to expect from them on the field. Like Michigan's won back-to-back Big Ten titles. Michigan's beat Ohio State twice, made two college football playoff appearances. For Shane Beamer to land a five-star specimen like Nicholas Harbor, I think it says a lot about what they are on the recruiting trail. Like, at the end of the day, South Carolina is a relationship school. That's what's winning in recruiting. I know NIL is a piece of that. It's a non-negotiable. But relationships, 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 they continue to win in that field. And so as they continue to build that thing at South Carolina – I think this is just a a great signal fire to the rest of the country that, hey, South Carolina is for real on the recruiting trail. And then for other recruits, when you see a five-star like Nicholas Harbour decide he wants to go to Columbia, he wants to go and, and be with Shane Beamer, I think it just gives everyone else a little bit more of a reason to take a second look. Maybe it doesn't open the floodgates. Maybe not everybody and their mothers come into South Carolina, but it makes you take a second look and say, huh, he's a five-star. He's got a lot to lose. I mean, he's got a lot of schools on the table. He's, he's got a lot that he wants to accomplish. And if he feels like he can accomplish all those lofty expectations at South Carolina, maybe I can too. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what Shane Beamer does in year three. I think year three is about establishing the floor of what they're going to be as a program going forward. But huge get, Nick. When that news broke yesterday, nobody yeah. knew who was going to get him. But that was a, a very, very big deal in the SEC, a very big deal for Shane Beamer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. What, what a what a move for old South Carolina, J.D., man. They keep making moves. They yep. keep making moves. Well, Nick, I appreciate you, brother. You said two questions today, right? Two questions, yeah, just some two tweets. Um, but, yeah, it was fun, J.D. I'm glad we matched for the show today. I know, man. We look good. Yeah, We'll absolutely. have to uh, color coordinate more often. We'll link up on Tuesday. <laughs> Love it. For those of you listening on podcast, Nick and I both wearing a program green, so the home alternate today for me and Nick. But, y'all, we appreciate you so much allowing us to do this day in and day out, Tuesday and Thursday and Tuesday and Thursday out for everyone in the podcast, for everyone in the front row at the live show, man. We're so glad to have y'all part of this. And like I said, the games are done. College football, however, is nowhere near done. Bama still got to get an OC. They got to get a DC. We're going to see what Georgia does with Todd Munkin. If he ends up leaving for the NFL, there is a lot still that is swirling around in the college football atmosphere. Make sure you're locked in. Whether it be podcast or YouTube, we want you a part of this, okay? No time like the present. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Tons and tons of joy on this end. If you want to talk more about that joy that I believe I have in my life, feel free to DM me. But we're going to keep the party rolling. We will see y'all next time. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.